of Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1. Amen. Many of you could probably quote this with me, but if you can't, just say amen when you have it. Amen. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen. I'm just going to preach to you for uh, just a little while this morning about being positioned for prosperity. Amen. Being positioned for prosperity. Amen. If you're going to help me, I want you to put your hands together before you're seated. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Let him know you love him today. Come on, that'll be all right if you just want to lift your voice up and just begin to give him some praise in the house today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mighty God, you can be seated. I come to this pulpit this morning to share you a full share with you a foolproof plan for prosperity. Somebody say for prosperity. It does not include your 401k or an investment banker, and it certainly does not include a trip to the local convenience store to buy into the Powerball. Amen. But nevertheless, it is a foolproof plan that is laid out by the Word of God that if we will follow it and we will apply it to our lives, that you will reap the rewards that He promises. Amen. Amen. I'm not preaching about getting rich or get rich quick scheme or anything to do with that on the on the natural level, but I'm talking I'm talking about something that can transcend and happen in your life in the spiritual realm. Amen. Come on, I'm not going to hit you up with an offering at the end of service, so you can just go ahead and relax. Amen. But I do want to preach to you this morning about being positioned for prosperity. Does anybody in this house this morning want the blessings of the Lord to begin to flow in your life? Does anybody in the house today want the blessings of God to begin to manifest themselves in your life? I'm preaching to somebody this morning that's hungry for God to do something in their life. Amen. Is there anyone that's hungry in the house of the Lord this morning? I'm preaching to somebody that's thirsty for God to do something in their homes this morning. I'm preaching to a man or maybe a woman in this house that's ready to see some changes take place in their lives, that's ready to see some changes take place in their home, that's ready to see something begin to transpire positive in their life. Amen. This is the first Sunday of a brand new year. And after the kind of year that we had last year, there's a lot of hurting people that call this home that need some direction and need some guidance to help them begin this new year off right. Come on, this passage of Scripture that, ta- that I read from today takes us uh, from where we want to be and it shows us what not to do and then it shows us the benefits of aligning yourself with the Word of God. Can I get an amen, somebody? Just help me if you're if you're gonna if you want to if you you're understanding me if you know if you're still with me every once in a while just throw in a little amen all right it helps me speed up and be encouraged amen the scripture says blessed is the man we could just stop right there because anybody that that that's any that's been a, walking for God very long at all understands that there is a blessing attached to being called a child of God and there is a blessing attached to being obedient to the word of God amen hallelujah some of you are already sitting down on me you're not that's that's about I was the highlight of this of the message y'all already calming down on me getting y'all getting too quiet when it gets to the decibel level gets down and I can start hearing uh, all the rustling around the paper rustling and things that's too quiet on for a Pentecostal church amen Amen. Are you ready for the first step? Amen. Somebody say, tell me the first step to being blessed. 
I got a really big handkerchief this morning too, so that means I'm going to go a long time. Amen. I'm going to be here a little while. Amen. The first step, according to Psalms chapter 1 and 1. Now, Psalms 1 and 1, this was not a mistake. This was a prologue for the entire book of, of Psalms. It was setting the precedent. It was giving you some, it's kind of like some groundwork, some framework, that if you'll do this first and foremost, and you'll begin to apply these principles, these things in your life, that certain things will happen in your life. Amen? The first step to being blessed and being positioned for prosperity is to stop walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Say, wow, that's deep. Punch your neighbor and say, that's, that's profound. Come on, stop walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, who is the ungodly? That's the next question that we could ask. The definition of ungodly is to be unjust, rendering to none his due, withholding from God, society, and himself what belongs to each. The ungodly is he who has not God in him. Somebody that does not have God working in their life, moving in their life, they're not full of the Holy Ghost, and who is without God, lost in the world. That is a good definition of the ungodly. Many times in our Christian walk, we have a lot of unsolicited advice. How many of you have ever been, the, been, been have fell prey to unsolicited advice before? You didn't really ask for it, but you got a bunch of advice anyway. Amen? Let me tell you, just give you a good little tip here for, 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 for dealing with this. Just say, okay, don't argue with them. Just say okay, and then go ahead and ignore it, all right? Because that's the best thing to do for unsolicited advice. If, it's not, if, if, you're, if you're trying to live for God, and every time you turn around, there's some sad-faced Sally that wants to come around and tell you how to live for God when they're not living for God, when they're trying to tell you how to, how to walk in the Spirit when they're not walking in the Spirit, come on. Come on, the scripture says to walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You need to be careful who you're letting affect your life. You need to be careful whose counsel you're taking. You need to be careful what you're putting in your mind and your heart and your spirit. You're not to let it damage what the Lord is doing, not to let it rob you from the blessing that God would intend to put in your life. Amen. The first step is stop walking in the counsel of the ungodly. It worries me as a pastor. It, it, it bothers me whenever I hear people talking about their best friend this and their best friend that. Their best friend that smokes, their best friend that drinks, their best friend that's promiscuous, their best friend that does this, their best friend that doesn't have the Holy Ghost, their best friend this, their best friend that. And everything in their life revolves around. And their best bosom buddies with that person. But that person is an ungodly person. Someone, there, there ought to be something inside of you that, that helps you understand that godliness and that the righteousness and godliness cannot walk in accord with wickedness and ungodliness. They're all, they, they can't agree. If the, if, if the light in you is shining out, the darkness in that person would have to flee. But it, it begins to bother me and it begins to worry me as a pastor when I see people. They have friends and relations with people that, 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 are, that are walking in complete godliness, but it doesn't seem to bother them at all. Mighty God. Stop walking in the counsel of the ungodly. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 1 and 3 says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor, ha nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. 
We cannot, as Christians, walk in accord with this world and have the same ideas and the same mindsets and the same principles as the children of darkness. If you're a child of the king, if you're a child of light, there must be something different in you than the people around you. Come on, and you cannot let them cultivate and shape your walk with God. I'm talking about being positioned for prosperity. prosperity. Positioning your posterity in your proper prosperity. (laughs) If you want to be blessed, you have to make up your mind that you're not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The blessed man does not throw in his lot with the wicked. He does not participate in their projects or go along with their designs, Brother Matt. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The second step is don't stand in the way of sinners. The definition of sin means to miss the mark, to pass over the prohibited limits, to transgress. This man... This sinner not only does not good, but he does evil. You see, the ungodly man doesn't have any relationship with God. He he doesn't think about God. He doesn't have anything to do with God. He doesn't believe you have to go to church or have anything to do with church. But then you take to the next step, and he says, don't stand in the way of the sinner. So now you have a man that had no transgression in the first part. And the second step here in the psalm You have a man that has openly transgressed against the things of God. He stands in the way with sinners. I'm going somewhere. Just just, just, just listen to me. Follow me out. The former was without God, but not a desperately wicked person. But the latter adds outward transgression to the sinfulness of his heart. Blessed is he that standeth not in the way of the sinners. He does not take part in their actions. There's some things as Christians we just shouldn't do. There's some places we shouldn't go. There's some things we should not participate in. There's things we shouldn't watch. There's things we shouldn't put before our eyes. There's things that we shouldn't give the okay to. Well, you didn't say, Pastor didn't specifically preach against that. So I guess it's all right. Well, this is me preaching against that this morning. Whatever that is in your life. Don't stand in the way of the sinners. Don't put yourself in places where the sinners stand. Don't put your place, don't put yourself, don't put your family in a place where sinfulness is taking place. Do you want to be blessed? Don't stand in the way of the sinners. The blessed man does not take part in these act, the sinner's actions. He does not follow the same moral pathways. Literally, in the Hebrew translation, I, and I, I, studied, I, I studied this so much yesterday that I got more than I could preach to. It's just, it's just like, a, it's like a Russian stream here. I'm just trying to focus it all down and keep it. In moderation. In the Hebrew, that word, that the way this this translation here, it says it literally says those that would deviate from the path, from the straight path. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Blessed is the man that does not deviate from the straight pathway. Come on, there is a way. Of holiness, and there is a way of righteousness that people of God should walk. It's not all subjective, it's not all just whatever you feel like doing, just making up your own rules about when you should come to church, when you should stay at home, when you should. You see, a lot of people they get in their minds, they get they get their own spirituality going in their spirits. They they feel like that they can make up their own rules, and as long as it makes sense to them, it's okay according to the book. 
No, that isn't what the scripture says. It says don't deviate from the straight path. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. What does it mean to be scornful? It means to mock. It means to deride. It means it's the man who has no religion. It's the person who has no religion. They live in an open breach of God in an open breach of God's laws. They turn revelation and they turn immorality into something that they can mock. They mock the existence of the invisible world. They mock religion in general. It's ridicule to them. It's ridiculous to them. This person doesn't understand and doesn't, and maybe they understood at one time, but they have turned their back on this God and the things of God, and now they have become a mockery to Him. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. The scornful is at least a deist and he endeavors to dissolve as much as he can the bonds of moral obligation in civil society. There's a whole lot of people in our society that would love to just do away with the book altogether. They would love to do away with morality altogether. They would love to do away with the Ten Commandments altogether. You said they, they say, oh, that old, that old-fashioned old religion that you're preaching about, preacher, that doesn't have any place in today's modern society. That doesn't have any, pla- that didn't have any, any place in, in this modern world that we're living in. That was okay for the Old Testament. All that holiness and separation, that was okay for the Old Testament. But we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to partake of that anymore. Oh, that's not, it's not, it's not relevant anymore. It's not okay. You don't have to do that it's ridiculous why take it to that place hallelujah as the sinner exceeds the ungodly so for the scornful exceeds both blessed is he that hath no fellowship within with them in that realm of scornfulness which which they cast religion the seat of the scornful is that person that says You're all just a bunch of suckers. Religion isn't doing it. It's just a candy. It's just a palliative for the weak. That preacher's just tricking you. That word's not real. It's all just a bunch of fairy tales and fables. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no judgment day. There's no right. There's no wrong. I can do what I want. I'm a law unto myself. Oh, if you think that's not where we're living, you need to just go turn on the CNN for a little while. Blessed is the man that sitteth not in the seat of the scornful. Mighty God. Amos chapter 3 and 3 says... This he says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Sometimes we don't, we can't, we can't just sit silently and go along with what the world is saying, church family. Sometimes, if it's just an ungodly person, I'm going somewhere. I told you, just ignore that unwanted counsel, you remember? But at some point along the way, there reaches a point where you got to stand up and say something. You got to you got to stand up and say, "Oh no, that's not right. Oh no, that's not true. That doesn't line up to what the Word says. That doesn't line up to what I found to be true in the Word. That doesn't line up to what the Holy Ghost within me is saying." Come on, you got to be careful that you don't let the world put you in the seat of the scornful. Come on, you got to be careful that you don't walk in the way of the ungodly nor stand in the way of the sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful. If you want to be blessed, if you want to let your life be blessed, do not let yourself be caught up with these things. Listen to what Adam Clark's commentary says about this subject. 
The ungodly man, one, he is one uninfluenced by God. The sinner, he who adds to ungodliness transgression. The scornful, the deist, the atheist, the etc., 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 who make a mockery out of everything sacred. The ungodly man walks, the sinner stands, and the scornful man sits down in the way of iniquity. The ungodly man has his counsel. The sinner has his ways. And the scorner has his seats and has his seat. The ungodly man is unconcerned about religion. He is neither zealous for his own salvation nor for that of others. And he counsels and advises those with whom he converses to adopt his plan. Not to trouble themselves about praying or reading or repenting. There is no need for such things. Live an honest life. Make no fuss about religion. And you will fare well enough in the end. Blessed is the... No, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in this man's counsel. How many ever knew somebody that that's the, that's the tenor they took about religion? I do. Well, I believe if you're just a good person. I believe you just... Be nice to people and, you know, help little widow women cross the street on and, you know, do the speed limit, you know, that kind of stuff. You're basically a good person. Don't steal, you know, don't lie too much, don't murder, you know. Don't cuss too much unless you feel like it. Unless it's really bad, yeah. And everything's going to be all right because I believe that God... It's God of mercy. Or I, I just don't believe in God. I just don't believe in that old word. I just don't believe none of that's right. I don't believe you hold that against me, Bishop. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Let me move on. I've got a lot to preach here. The sinner has his particular way of transgressing. One is a drunkard, another dishonest, another unclean. Few are, are given to every species of vice. This is Matthew Henry, I mean Adam Clark commentary. There are many covetous men who abhor drunkenness, and many drunkards who abhor covetousness. Each has his each has his vice. Each has his easily besetting sin. The sin that does so easily beset us, what the writer says. Let us lay aside the weights and the sin that does, so, that does so easily beset us. Each one of us has something in our life that easily besets our lives. Therefore, says the prophet, let the wicked forsake his way. Now blessed is he who stands not in such a man's way. The scorner has brought in reference to himself all religion and moral feeling to an end. We're moved on to the scorner now. He has sat down and utterly confirmed his godlessness. He mocks at sin. His conscience is seared. And he is a believer in all unbelief. Now blessed is the man who sits not down in his seat. Look at the correlation here. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get, get to another point here. See the corresponding relations in this account that, that Adam, Adam Clark gives. He who walks according to the counsel of the godly will soon stand to look upon the ways of the sinners. And thus being off his guard, he will soon be a partaker in their evil deeds. And he who abandons himself to transgression will in all probability soon become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin and sit down with the scorner and endeavor to turn religion into ridicule. The last correspondence we find is the seat answers to the sitting of the scornful. The way answers to the standing of the sinner. And the counsel answers to the walking of the ungodly. The great lesson to be learned from the whole is sin is progressive. One evil propensity or act leads to another. 
He who acts by bad counsel may may soon do evil deeds. And he who abandons himself to evil doings may find his life in total apostasy from God. When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Solomon said. Proverbs chapter 4 and 14 and 15 says this, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not into the way of the evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. As the blessedness of the man is great who avoids the ways and the workers of iniquity, so his wretchedness is great to who acts out on the contrary. Now these are words we don't use a lot in today's language. To him we must reverse the words of David. Instead of blessings, let's turn it around. Cursed is the man that walketh in the counsel of the ungodly, who standeth in the way of the sinners, and who sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Let him that readeth understand. My goodness. My Lord. I'm preaching to some people this morning about positioning your life for prosperity. I'm not trying to beat anyone up this morning or to make you feel condemned, but I'm rather I'm here trying to help somebody shake themselves from the place that you are. Shake yourself spiritually, mentally. Shake yourself today. Even if you have to physically shake yourself. And you want somebody to awaken from that slumber, awaken from that sleep of death that you're asleep in spiritually and say, hey, I've got to reposition myself. I don't want God to bring a curse to my life, but I want to walk in the blessings of the Most High God. Come on, put your hands together and help me today. Come on, the word of the Lord is sometimes it's it feels like it's 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 cutting us a little bit. Sometimes it feels like it's separating some things in our lives, and that's exactly what the word of God is supposed to do. Mighty God. It's a two-edged sword, Brother Floyd. Hallelujah. Pastor, you're saying I have to cut off all my friends and relationship with people that are not spirit-filled Christians? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that you need to be careful. You need to be cautious. You need to grow a spiritual backbone and stop letting other people make your spiritual decisions for you. Come on, there's nobody going to stand in judgment with you. Come on, you better hope you don't make it to the judgment. You better hope you're called out of here with the redeemed. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, you better hope that you don't don't have to go stand before the judgment seat. Come on, you better hope you're called out of here in the rapture. Amen? Nobody can make those decisions for you. You are responsible for your own soul. What other people think about you does not matter. Grow a spiritual backbone. The scripture says that there is a blessing attached to the man or woman who can learn to think for themselves and not take their cues from the world, but to stay in the word of God and to learn to let the word of God be your guiding light. Let it teach you how to walk and where to stand and where to sit. Let it teach you how to order every aspect of your life. Let it teach you. Let it grow inside of you. Let you become a part of it and it become a part of you. Joshua chapter 1 and 8 says this, This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Amen. That word meditate that we found in the scripture this morning, it means to slowly read and understand 
to, to dissect, to take it apart, to ingest it. One writer says that meditation on the word is like digestion of our food. It's how that we, it's how that it becomes a part of us. Whether the scripture says, he that meditateth, blessed is he that walketh not in the counsel of the God, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seed of scornful. For his delight shall be in the law of, Yah- of Yahweh, of Jehovah. He, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Every day, every night, there's something inside of him that he's, that he's, that he's digesting in his system. It's not that you have to go around reading the word all the time, but you have to have something inside of you that you're digesting, something in your spirit that you are putting in the forefront of your mind so that you'll not walk in the counsel of the godly, so that you'll not stand in the way of the sinner, so that you'll be able to, stand, to not to sit in the seat of the scornful. The word of God. The manifested word of God. I am. If you go back and look at the literal translation, it says, this is the, the word of the meditative. Let me just read it. The ungodly are not so. No, too far. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In the law of the Lord. What does that mean? Well, it means the Old Testament law. But it also means... In this, in this place, it means any place that you can find the laws of God. Yahweh was what they called him. Jehovah. The I Am. The ever-present one. In his law, in the law of the Lord, in the law of the ever-present one, do I meditate day and night. Meditation on the word is like digestion of our food. It's how that we break it down. It's how we absorb the nutrients. There's people that have 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 diseases in their bodies. They don't digest food properly. I can't think of the, the name for it. They they digest they don't digest food properly. Their bodies don't absorb the nutrition properly like they should. And I feel like that's what happens to a lot of spiritual people as Christians we we read the word but somehow we become malnutrition because we just it's just a simple we just let it pass over our minds we don't really dig into what it's talking about we don't really dig into what it's saying we don't really take time to chew it up and swallow it and get the nutrition Jewish rabbis often speak the word softly as they read as as they're reading the word so as to keep the word of God on their lips and in their mouths meditating day and night how important is the word of God to our lives it's vitally important the word of God holds the words of life and death prosperity and destruction We cannot live without the word of God to nourish and to strengthen our souls. The law is referenced here in this passage of Scripture. It's not only the written law of Moses, but it means all the laws of God no matter where they are found. The word of God, the manifested word of God. This is where it starts to get good right here. Verse number 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit and his season. And his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The man that has done all these previously mentioned things, the scripture says, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Not just a tree that accidentally sprang up, but a tree put in a specific place for a specific purpose and not just any old place but a place where God 
has ordained where God knew that they could put down roots where God knew that they could grow where God knew that they could prosper where God knew that they could bear fruit where God knew that if they would get in that position if they would get in that place I'm talking about finding yourself a place if you'll not stand in the way of sinners nor sit in the seat of, walk in the way of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful nor, if you'll not do any of those things God will position you and he will plant you. Planted. Somebody say, I want to be planted in the right place. I want to be planted by the rivers of water. That, and when you go to dig it into the definition of that, it's not only, it's not, they, we just pass over and say rivers of water, but that, that word there is divisions of water, direction of water. That, that was in the Old Testament, in the time that this was being written, they, had, they would make irrigation ditches on their properties. They had plant gardens and they would plant those trees by this in a specific place where the sun was just right and it got the right amount of sunlight and it got the right amount of shade and they, and they, and they would take it and they would find a river or a well or a cistern and they would divert a stream. They would dig a ditch, a trench beside that tree and they would have a little channel, a funnel of water that would, just, that would, be, that would continually feed that tree. What are you saying? I'm talking about being positioned in God's kingdom where God wants you to be positioned. I'm talking about being in a, setting yourself up in a place where you could put down roots. Where there's a, there's a constant sustaining source in your life. There's a source from a well that's never going to run dry. Come on, somebody say it. That well's never going to run dry. Come on, he wants to plant you by the rivers of water. He wants to put you in a specific place. Come on, think of it as a, as a husbandman with a garden. He wants to put you in the, God wants to plant you in the place that he has you to go. He wants you to give you strength so that you could put down roots, so that you could bear fruit in due season. Mighty God. The leaves will never wither and everything he doeth will prosper. Many of the theologians say that the leaves are the not the Ten Commandments but all the other laws of God. And this analogy, when they break it down, they say the leaves are like all of the, another, the, all the other things that, that are not necessarily the major Ten Commandments, the law of God, the things that don't seem important at some time for the man the things that don't seem like they're real relevant that are in the word of God. They said his leaf will never wither. Oh, that, old, that, that don't really matter right there. That's, that's not heaven or hell issue. Let me tell you, what is that leaf doing for the process of that tree? It's, it's bringing the light and it's converting that sunlight into energy down into the trunk, down into the roots. You have a, if you, if you, if you, I know about this because I've well, planted a few trees in my life. You go buy a tree, me and Brother Matt can tell you this. You go buy a tree and you drive 65 miles an hour down the road with it all the way home. You blow all the leaves off of it. And then you plant it. What happens, Brother Byron? It dies. Why? Because the leaves are vital to the existence of the tree. It wasn't my fault or your fault. It's somebody else's fault. That other guy who's not here, that's whose fault it was. Say, so we're getting sidetracked here. It's all right. That little tree out there is growing. That's about the fourth one we put in that hole out there. In 12 or 13 years, it's been replaced about five times. That ought to be a lesson in itself about how vital that water supply is to you. When it, when it gets hot outside, it don't take but just a day or two. When, when, when persecution starts beating down on it, when the wind starts scorching it and drying it out, it don't take but just a day or two. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. 
I want to just I want you to just let me paint a picture about what I'm talking about this morning. Planted by the rivers of water in the place planted right where God wants you to be. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. Talking about being positioned for prosperity. God wants to bless the people of the Pentecostals of the mystery. God wants to place you. He wants to keep you. He wants to sustain you. He wants wants you in that place that he plants you. He's not going to plant you in a place that the water source is going to run dry. The well of living water called the Holy Ghost is never going to run dry because it flows from the source of all life. Can I get an amen? Once you get tapped into that well of living water, come on, once you get tapped into that place, you'll begin to bring forth the fruit that you're supposed to bring forth. Come on, come on, Pentecostal of the Miss Lou. You're supposed to bring forth fruit in the kingdom of God. Come on, if a tree doesn't bring forth fruit, Come on, something's wrong with it. If it's if it's healthy, if it's nothing wrong with it, you're supposed to bring forth fruit. I believe that sometimes we let the, we let the counsel of the ungodly rob us from the fruit that we're supposed to be bearing. We're supposed to bring forth his fruit in his season. Mighty God. When you get down, get your roots deep down in that river of water. The sun, the wind, persecution cannot steal away your strength when you're tapped into the source. That's how you be that's how you become sustained during a time of famine. When there's a spiritual famine in the land. When there's well, not from the word the, the spirit of God's never gonna run dry. The spirit the spirit's never gonna run out. And that's not what I'm talking about. But when there's a famine in the land, when people all around you are thirsty, when people all around you don't know what to do, they're panicking, they're scared, there's something, there's things going on, circumstances from the outside that are trying to attack you. But if you've got your roots deep down, that's it, Bishop. The famine is in the hearing of the word. But if you'll meditate on the word day and night, Scripture says you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I want to be positioned to prosper in 2021. I'm preaching to somebody. You might have to shake some things up, but you can do it. If you'll make up your mind, you can do it. Look at your neighbor and say, I can do it. You might have to rid yourself of some influences in your life that are keeping you carnal and dragging you down, but you can do it, amen. There is a blessing in walking in obedience to God's word. Somebody say, God plant me. Come on, in 2021, I want to be planted right where you want me to be, God. God, I want to be positioned right where you want me to be. God, I want your blessing to flow. I want the supply and the sustenance from heaven to flow in my life. Position me for prosperity. Come on, don't let me get caught up with the ungodly. Like in the day of judgment, I want to be like a tree that has put down roots, not like the chaff which the wind driveth away. I don't want to be rootless. I don't want to be blown away, destined for the fire. Come on, but I want to have an eternal, my eternal salvation secured. I want to have my roots deep into the water. Hallelujah. Mighty God, there is a day of judgment coming when the righteous judge is going to separate the wheat from the tares, the goats from the sheep, the trees from the chaff. And the ungodly are not going to stand in the congregation of the righteous. That's what the scripture says. The ungodly shall not stand in the congregation of the righteous. Do you know what that prophecy was talking about? That's talking about judgment day. The ungodly are not going to stand in the congregation of the righteous. The scripture says the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The word known, this word known was only used in one other place in this this dimension in the scripture. 
It's in the book of Amos, chapter 3, verse 2. And I've already mentioned it. I've already read a scripture out of Amos. It's talking about the covenant relationship with being acquainted and being acquainted with the covenant. The Lord knows. Let me read it to you. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. For the Lord knows who's in covenant relationship with Him. The Lord knows who has the blood applied to their life. The Lord knows who has the name applied to their life. The Lord knows those that have repented of their sins and been baptized in the name of Jesus and been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Lord knows them that are His. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The Lord knows Him. He knows those that are in covenant with Him. He knows those that are in relationship with Him. The ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. What does that mean? It doesn't mean you're not going to have to go or the ungodly are not going to have to go. It means that they're not going to have any strength, that they're going to be like the chaff, that they're not going to have any sustaining, anything to sustain them, that they're going to be blown away like the chaff which the wind driveth away, cast into the fire and consumed. The ungodly shall not stand. They're not going to make it in the day of the judgment. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The Psalms began with the word blessed. You can stand with me, almost through. And ends with the word perish. Choice is up to you today. You can position yourself for prosperity or you can set yourself up for failure. But I'm going to choose to be blessed. If you look at the first word that in this passage of Scripture, that word is blessed. Blessed is the man. That word in the Hebrew is asherah. It means happy. It, the actual interpretation means, Oh, happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Oh, happy is the man that sitteth, that walketh not in the counsel, standeth in the way of sinners. Oh, happy is the man that does these things. I'm going to choose to be happy in a world that's gone mad. Amen. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. I hope it's touching you. The children of Israel were a people that were set apart. They had to learn to live within a nation, but to be separated from the world around them. The same is, is, is true for this modern day church. We have to learn to live in this world, but not to be like this world. We can live in this world and still not conform to the world's ideas in its mindsets, in its standards, in its practices. We can live a holy, separated lifestyle dedicated unto God so that our garments do not have to be spotted by the flesh, but we have to be ever vigilant because sin is progressive. It's easy. The easier it becomes. The one sin begets the next sin. One lie begets the next lie gets the next lie. Walk. Stand. Sit. It's a progressive thing. The scripture tells us that Lot looked towards Sodom. Go back to the book of Genesis and read it. He looked towards Sodom first. 
Then he pitched his tents towards Sodom. Then he moved to Sodom. Even though his, 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 he was vexed with the filthy conversations of Sodom and God delivered him from that, he lost some important things along the way. Lot made it out. Son-in-laws didn't. Wives didn't. What's it going to cost you? What is walking in the way of the ungodly, walking in the counsel of the ungodly going to cost you? What is standing in the way of sinners going to cost you? What is sitting in the seat of the scornful going to cost you? And it's progressive. People don't backslide overnight. I don't care what they say. Well, I just looked up one day and they were gone. No, it don't happen like that. They don't backslide out of a red hot prayer room out the back door. They slowly. Sometimes they don't even realize what's happening to them. They get blinded by the things of this world. They don't even realize what's happening to them until it's too late. And they're a long way from God. As long as you're here on this earth, if you're listening today, it's never too late. As, as long as it's, it's still breath in our bodies and the Lord hadn't came back yet. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's, you're, it's too late. Like as you're not going to be offered another chance or an opportunity before they even cognitively realized what was happening to them. They were in a state of backsliddenness. They couldn't hear what the preacher was saying anymore. They couldn't respond to the conviction anymore. It just began to roll off of them like water off a duck's back. They had found themselves a place in the seat of the scornful. My Lord. God has a place that He wants to bring the church to in 2021. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to put down deep roots in the kingdom of God so that you can bear fruit in the, in the proper season. He wants to position you for prosperity today. All over the house, would you stand with me? Lift your hands. Lift your voices unto God. Let's talk to Him right now. Lord, I don't want to listen to the wrong counsel. God, I don't want to stand with the wrong companions. God, I don't want to sit with the wrong crowd. Lord, I don't want to throw my allegiance in with the, what the, with the, with the, with the world's got going on, Lord. God, I want to be planted, oh Lord, in your kingdom. 